It's NFL draft week and every NFL team has their draft board ready. How do they compare to one another? We'll discuss that and how it parallels our own lives and the idea that we may compare our own draft boards to others. How does that relate to life and biblical truth? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truth. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke Heaton. On today's episode, we are unpacking the NFL draft, draft boards, and how our individual journeys relate to this concept of individual draft boards and the challenge that we all face in wanting to compare our lives, our gifts, our blessings to somebody else's. And so we will get into that today. Uh, Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. There you can subscribe to our podcast, to our devotional. We send out an email devotional Monday, Wednesday, Friday, where we relate current sports stories to life and biblical truth. And so encourage you to check that out if you haven't already subscribed. Uh, Those topics are similar, oftentimes the same topics that we discuss here on this podcast. And so uh, you can subscribe for free. We are brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee, sugarcreekcoffee.com. It is delicious coffee. I enjoy drinking it in the morning. It has been uh, something that I've, I've told you know, friends and family about as well as you as a listener who are also a friend and a family member. Uh, but but I've, I've been telling people and I'm getting great feedback. I was in life group last night with somebody and he goes, oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving Sugar Creek Coffee. So there you go. It's delicious. SugarCreekCoffee.com. When you order, use promo code UNPACK. Also, you're encouraged to order two bags uh, because you're paying for the shipping anyway. So you, you might as well get two, two bags just the way that it's set up. So uh, check that out as well. Then you can try two different flavors and, uh, and enjoy it. So they, uh, they specialize in handcrafted small batch artesian roasted coffee, sugarcreekcoffee.com. All right. Thanks everybody watching on, on YouTube or Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and those of you that listen to the podcast, uh, wherever you like your, your podcasts, I go back and forth. I like Spotify, uh, I also use Player FM, uh, so I've got a ton of subscriptions on there. Uh, so I still kind of go back to that, but I'm trying to transfer over to Spotify. I'm not I'm not an Apple guy, but I know a lot of people listen on Apple Podcasts as well. So whatever your preference is, uh, good for you. So Luke, it's NFL Draft Week here in Carolina. We are fired up because we've got the number one pick. Uh, I was on the CJ Stroud bandwagon. Everything seems to be pointing to Bryce Young. We'll see. I'm not, I I still can't convince myself of of that type of size player being my franchise quarterback. Uh, So I'd rather have a bigger quarterback, but everybody likes young. So we will see. 
I know. The the narrative is shifting. It was pretty pretty strong for Team Stroud early on with a little sprinkling of, of Richardson. But now Bryce Young seems to be the clear favorite, which is interesting. This This first round is going to be fascinating because you have really good quarterbacks, but also question marks from the quarterbacks as well. Like Even a guy like Bryce Young, you mentioned his size. No question he's a great talent. But even the guy who's potentially going to go num- number one overall has a question mark. It's a really pretty significant one, too. This isn't the year, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, even Cam Newton, where, you know, it was clear cut. Yeah. This is your guy. We're confident. Um, so, yeah, it's it's cool to be the number one, have the number one pick, but it's not as convincing as, as some years. Now, it beats the years where there is no quarterback that's a number one guy. Uh, and a defensive tackle or something goes number oh, yeah. one. Defensive the Mario end. Williams year oh, at the Texans. <laughs> some of those years are tough. A couple of years ago is that way. So I, I'm, oh. I'm thankful in that regard. But uh, but it's going to be fun. And so there are so many layers to the NFL draft. You, you mentioned the word fascinating. I, I think that just sums it up. I, I watched a documentary the other day. It was made a couple of years ago on NFL Network. Kyle Brandt voiced it. But the history of the draft, there, there's just it's just – the way that it's evolved over the years and the whole process and how, how it all comes together. And then the way that we watch it throughout the weekend, beginning Thursday night, it's really fun and and interesting. And so today we're going to specifically talk about the concept of draft boards and you'll watch throughout the the draft where you'll, you'll go into the war room, the draft room for different Hmm. teams, which I always love too. I always loved peeking in and all right, who's in there, who's sitting next to, to who, who's yep. talking, who's leading the conversation. The call to the draft pick, and they said, I, say hello to your head coach. I love Listen it. to the room cheering for you. Yep. It's it's so fun. But behind all the players, or behind all the GM scouts, coaches, whoever's in that room, you always wonder, like, the random people that are in there, too. Yeah. Like, somebody's responsible for food. They're in that room. <laughs> like, they find themselves there. Who's the drink guy? Yeah, you, you got to have them. <laughs> and who, who's, the like, the technology guy? Oh, so, true. Yeah. So lots of lots of people in there, but on the wall usually is the draft board, and I'm sure that it's computerized as well. But you've got the the draft board, and that's probably changed over the years as well. I was reading an article about how Al Davis used to do it in the olden days, but but but, but basically, what this draft board is, the list of the players that they're focused on, the mm-hmm. ones that they've scouted, the ones that they feel like fit their team, and so. Probably you know a hundred players end up on their draft board somewhere in that in that range. You don't put every player on there because you know teams eliminate certain guys, maybe positions that they don't need or character issues, uh, injury issues, something mm-hmm. that they found in their research and, and scouting and interviews and all that. They hone in on their draft board. These are the guys we want, and then they'll put draft grades or kind of rankings, and and so. It's it's very interesting how it comes together, but this is what they use in in preparation. But then draft day, this is what they're sort of referring to, and everybody's kind of looking at. Okay, this player was just drafted; he's off our draft board now. Mm-hmm. Or or okay, we're we're coming up our pick. Who who who's on our draft board? Who who's highest on our on our our, our board? And then there's a vertical and horizontal kind of ranking or, or draft board position yeah. wise. And then overall ranking. It's it's quite complicated. It, you know, you you sent me an article on Bleacher Report to read about 
um, it was fascinating how draft boards are put together and the idea of stacking uh, players. Because when you, if a team's drafting and say their their best, their number one need positionally is uh, defensive end, and they get to their spot in the draft and they their guy, their favorite defensive end is there, but maybe he's maybe he it's too early to draft him. Maybe he's a second round grade. Maybe yep. he's a third round grade. But he's there for you, and it's your greatest need. You can't draft him. How how draft boards are put together, you have to almost draft according to first round grades, and then among that, what's your positional need? It's it's really fascinating. I mean, that's what the Cowboys did. Well, the Cowboys for for Micah Parsons, when he kind of fell to us, I think at ten is what we drafted him. That was best player available mentality. All right, uh, the guys we're hoping would still be here aren't here. Who's best player available? Micah Parsons. So there's that mentality as well. That when we drafted C.D. Lamb, that's what our mentality was. At 19, I believe, best player available. So you could go that route. You could go positional need. You first round, second round draft grades, drafting too early. It's It gets very complicated when you really think about it. Yes, and, and I can try to relate from a fantasy football perspective as a GM, and then you take it you know, 10 times more complicated in, in how they make these decisions. But, but for our purposes today, with our conversation, the, the bottom line is every NFL team has a different draft board, an individual draft board. And based on you know, where their franchise is at, the Chiefs, what their needs are and what, you know, kind of where they stand is, is much different than the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> the Chiefs aren't looking for a quarterback. They're, they're good to go. The Panthers are desperate for a quarterback. So, so teams are, are, are in different positions, different seasons of, of kind of the, yep. the, the championship formation or the yep. journey that, now the that Jets, you're in. Now the Jets, now they have Aaron Rodgers. They're drafting, how can we find the, the finishing pieces to the puzzle? We've got our quarterback. That, that now that they have Rodgers, probably changes their draft board completely on how they're approaching the draft, trying to win now. That's right. No, no question about it. And – and, and then I think the other part of this, too, is, you know, maybe this is more so we, we as fans, we're wondering, okay, how does our team's draft board compare to another team's? And I'm sure there's, there's people in those rooms that are wondering, ah, I wonder, I wonder what, how highly ranked they have this specific player. Or I wonder what other teams are, are thinking about this player, which, which may factor in. To, to when we'll actually be able to, to draft them or should draft them or will he mm -hmm. slip? And so you, you start wondering about other people's draft boards. Oh, yeah. And, and so you're, you're, okay, how does mine, how does our draft board stack up to another team's, even though we know yeah. they're different and they should be different because they're different teams and they're yeah. in different points of the, of the journey. But, but they are, you can't help but wonder. What, oh, yeah. I is this, how it compares. Is this player at risk of being drafted by this team? Do you think this team's going to trade up? I remember the Eagles traded up one spot before Dallas to draft Dallas Goddard. I mean, going into the draft, I'm thinking, his first name is Dallas. We need, we need the next Jason Witten. He's retiring. This is perfect. It's written in the stars. And yet the Eagles trade up one spot before us to snag him. But you're always considering what, what are the other team's draft needs that they're potentially going to do that's going to influence us. Yes, and in some ways, that's part of it, and, and, and you understand it, and you use it to sort of benefit your team, and you figure out, okay, here, here's what we're hearing, here's some of our research based on, and that's fine. But, but I think what's so important for these teams is 
Let's stay focused on our draft board. We can't worry about what everyone else is doing around us. We've got to, to stick to the plan that, that we've laid out. You know, they've put in months, sometimes years for certain players that they've kept an eye on for a while. And they've got a plan in place. They're building a team. They're building a franchise. And if you start worrying about what everyone else is doing, it may take you off, off course a little bit. And then I think what might also pop up in whether their minds or they talk about this in the war room, but you start saying, ah, I wish we had that team's pick. Yeah. Uh, if only, if only we had that team's pick, if we were picking just three spots earlier, then we'd be much better off. Or if only we had more picks, Oh, just imagine if we had all the picks that, that the <laughs> Eagles have this year. Uh, and then you start going down that path, but you have to go back to your draft board and, and teams have to focus on, this, this is what we've put together. This is our plan. And, and this is what ultimately we're responsible for. The picks that we have, the players that we choose, that's, that's what we're responsible for. And we'll be held accountable to the draft board we put together and the selections that we made. Yep. And, Absolutely. And so, because to your point, the, the team needs across the entire NFL are so different. And when you start to play the game on really trying to uh, looking at someone else's draft board, uh, being caught up in what they're doing, you lose sight on what you actually need for your franchise, which is for some teams, guys, you've got to hit on quarterback this year. And for right. other teams, it's your window is here. You have your quarterback for the Jets, for my Cowboys, their window is here. You've got to hit on some of these draft picks to be able to go win now and not get caught up in another team's situation. Because ultimately, it doesn't really matter if another what uh, another team is drafting, who another team is drafting, because you've got to hit on your picks to do what you're trying to accomplish this next season. That's right. Because for some, for some teams, they're just trying to accomplish a playoff berth. For some teams, we're trying to lay a foundation. We don't really care about next year or even two years from now. We want to draft uh, our next left tackle for the ten, the next 10 years. We want to draft players that are going to be here. So three years from now, we're playing winning football. That's right. So a team that's doing that is going to be operating way differently than a team that's trying to win now. But if you get caught up looking at the team that's trying to win three years from now, it'll mess you up completely. It's two different goals. That's right. Try to compare yourself to, to them. And yeah, you're at, you're at a different point in the journey. And so, as you can probably hear in this conversation, that this parallels our, our own lives. And for, for our purposes today, thinking about the draft board, what I would include on this for, 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 for the metaphor is just our lives, our each individual life, <laughs> and our own gifts, our own blessings, uh, when I say gifts, I, I mean spiritual gifts, the, the way God has created us uniquely, the circumstances that, that we find ourselves in, our, our unique point in the journey. This is our, this is our draft board, and, and each of us then have you know, draft selections. We have choices to make constantly, and we'll ultimately be responsible for the choices that we make based on our draft board, based on who, who we are, the way we've been created, the family that we have, the, 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 the career that, that we've stepped into, 
And then even take it a step further, you know, God's will for us, God's calling on our lives, God's plan for us individually. And, and that's a whole topic that there's a lot of layers there, but, but that would be our, our draft board. And so the challenge that we face, though, is comparing what we have going on, what, what our draft board is, what our life is, what our gifts are, compared to our neighbor, our brother, our coworker, uh, the guy down the street, uh, social media. We, we can get caught up in comparing, ah, I don't like my gifts. I want their gifts. Ah, my house isn't big enough. Ah, my bank account's not big enough. And we all of a sudden take our eyes off our own draft board. We start peeking out. I wonder what the, I wonder what they got going on over there. Ah, we're always worried about what's happening uh, around us. And so, what what uh, what jumps out initially here for you, Luke? Yeah, well, I think comparison it, it enters into every facet of life: job, marriage, financial situation, actual skills and gifts and talents. Um, opportunities for for parents, how your kids are turning out. Oh yeah, I mean it's it it enters into every area of our lives, and it's always at risk of throwing us off. It's always at risk of doing damage to us because comparison usually just turns into feeling defeated, discouraged, <clears throat> envy, jealousy. And it doesn't turn out well for us. And we actually, to your point, we lose focus on actually what we're supposed to be pursuing That's right. and what we're supposed to be embracing, what we're supposed to be doing. And we're just, I don't know, then we just on the sidelines watching someone else just feeling defeated and it really doesn't accomplish anything. Yeah, because even like we're talking about the draft board, yes, you could compare and, and in some ways it helps you out and it, you're trying to make the right picks and, okay, what's that team going to do? And same thing for us. Like, we can compare ourselves in certain ways to kind of learn and grow from other people and kind of encourage us or challenge us to a certain extent. But the problem is we allow comparison to head toward envy, discouragement, jealousy. And, and when you look to Scripture, those are negative things. That's, that's not what God desires for us, to be caught up in jealousy and envy and, and wanting what, what somebody else has and man, uh, if only I had a few more draft picks, if, if only I could you know, move up a few more draft picks, then everything would be great versus here is my draft board. Here is the life that I have been gifted with. Here are the opportunities that I have, mm -hmm. because when we're caught up in the jealousy and, and everything else, th then we're lacking gratitude and, and we're, we're not living thankful for for what god has has entrusted to us if we're worried about what other people are doing then yeah. we're not we're not focused on being a good steward of all that we have been entrusted with and that includes yep. you know family gifts blessings all those types of things and th so this is where one of the elements of the parable breaks down because nfl teams are rivals and they compete against one another <laughs> but for us comparison often leads to coveting and coveting what other people have, their situations, their environments, their actual possessions, their skills. And then when you're coveting, you're not actually able to love your neighbor because now your neighbor becomes a rival rather than, for some, for some people, rather than a brother or sister in Christ or just uh, a neighbor who's not a follower of Jesus who we're still called to love and be friendly and kind to. 
So when comparison leads to coveting, which turns our neighbors, our neighbors into rivals, we're not actually able to live uh, certain elements of being a follower of Jesus, because now everyone's a rival. How could mm. we possibly love them? Because we're jealous and we're envious. There's bitterness. Sometimes there's hatred if there's a, a huge level of comparison that's led to coveting. And then, then we're way off track. Now, you know that neighbor's really struggling? I don't think. No, nah, I don't really want to do anything to help them. Oh, that mm. person is, they have that? No, I don't think I want to enter into friendship with them. And it just, it's just a dangerous game because coveting is right around the corner of, of playing the comparison game in any area of life. And it's a day in, day out challenge. And, and you, you said it, it touches a lot of areas of our life. And, and I think we just have to be one aware of it. And then how do we respond when those feelings of comparison and, co- and covet covetness uh, kind of rear their ugly head? And, and I think gratitude, contentment, and fixing our eyes ultimately on Jesus and then mm-hmm. fixing our eyes back on our draft board and, and, the, and the life that we have. How am I using my gifts for God's glory? How am I being obedient to the call that he's put on, on my life? Mm-hmm. And, and so let, let's go to uh, some scripture here. So Galatians 6, 4, and 5 in the Amplified Version, it tells us, but each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, attitudes, and behavior. And then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another. For every person will have to bear with patience his own burden of faults and shortcomings for which he alone is responsible. And so we're responsible for the life that we live, the decisions that we make, uh, the, the shortcomings that we have, the, 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 the gifts and how we use them, uh, the resources that, that we've been given, how we use them, uh, so we've got to scrutinize our own work because our friend and neighbor and brother, they're, they're, they got to be responsible for their stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so this idea of comparing and, and how I stack up, and then we, then we go down the path of, oh, well, I'm not good enough. And then, mm-hmm. and then that's, that's, an end, that's a, a lie from the enemy too. And, and that, then we almost give up in some ways, you know, or we don't try as our, yeah. ah, I'm just not, I'm not good enough because I'm not as good as that person. Yeah. Well, so I think it's fascinating what you just said. So, it seems there's there's two common uh, responses to comparison and then coveting is either hating God. Why are you giving me mm. the situation? How could you let this happen? Why did you give them this and not me? Or what well, you just said, you hate yourself. Mm. I must not be good enough. I'm a failure. Uh, what's wrong with me? They must be so much better than me. Mm. So... Both responses are wrong. Hating God obviously is wrong because, <laughs> thankfully, God's revealed himself to us in his word, and we know that he's gracious and merciful, and he's offered salvation through Christ, which is the greatest gift we could ever receive. So the idea that God doesn't give us good things is outrageous. He's given us the greatest thing, and he's still good to us in addition to that. But also hating ourselves is not a proper response. That's, that's not humility. Humility is just is is viewing God in God's place and viewing us in our place, not hating ourselves. That, I mean, we have the image of God in us. We we are to steward that. 
Not that we should be, look how great I am, but we've been given gifts by God. We've been blessed by God to actually follow Him and do great things in this life. So hating ourselves is not a good response either. No, definitely not. And, and the other, I think, challenge of comparison, too, is forgetting that each of us are on our own individual journey and going back to the NFL teams at different stages of, of where they're at. Some teams preparing for a Super Bowl, some teams in rebuild mode, all that kind of thing. And, and for, for some of us, we are at different stages from a spiritual standpoint, from a family standpoint, a financial standpoint. And for us to compare ourselves with somebody else, it's like, no, 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 we're, we got to live the, jur- the journey that, that we're on. Um, and I, I remember I, I got great advice years ago when, when Jody and I were struggling to get pregnant. And it was so difficult during that time because we're comparing ourselves to, you know, other people our age. And it's like, man, well, they're pregnant and they, they just had their second kid and we don't even have a, a child yet and we can't get pregnant. And, and, and the, this friend of mine, Rob, was saying, Bryce, you, you, God's given you a, a journey. You're on your own journey. And, and part of that journey is, is waiting to get pregnant. Maybe you won't get pregnant, but that's your journey. And, and God's going to use that for his purposes. And so for his glory, for, to change us, to transform us. And so to, to get caught up in, man, well, I want, I, want, I want a child now or fill in the blank, whatever it is. It's, well, no, God, God's allowing this season of life to take place. He's, you're in we have to trust in his timing. We have to trust in the work that he's doing in us and through us and, and the things that maybe we can't even see yet. And, and so it's just it's a futile effort of comparing ourselves mm-hmm. to somebody to somebody else because God's doing something different in them. Yeah. And so I go on and on. But. I think it's a great reminder because to what you're saying, there's almost like a lot of people have this, I guess relative to the American dream, there's this linear line of what the American dream is. You should have this many kids, make this much money. And how is everyone doing in relative to that? That's right. Where in reality, it's God's doing something in my life that may be totally different than something in your life. Overall, we want to follow Jesus. That's right. But how my life looks, it depends on how God desires to use me, what God has in store for me. Not that there's this one way that life should be and one way that life should look with how many kids, how much money, what I do. And then we're all slow. We're trying to get as close to that as possible. That's, that's not really what's going on here. I also want to say in regards to focusing on our own journey, we shouldn't do it in some sort of navel gazing way where we're just, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to focus True. on myself. I don't really care what you're doing because ultimately that's still living for yourself comparison to others can be a form of living for ourselves because we care so much about what their life is. We want it. It's all about my satisfaction, my fulfillment. That's living for, that can be living for yourself. Or I'm just going to do me. I'm focused on my journey. I don't really care what you're doing. That can be another form of living for yourself. Mm. Really focusing on our own journey should be the context and through the lens of fixing our eyes on Jesus in the context of our own situations. Mm. And yeah, this person may be experiencing this. They ha- may have this. They may be doing this. That's okay because God's doing this in my life. That's right. And and celebrating one another. On Jesus and I'm following Jesus and wherever He's going to guide me in this life. And that's the lens. That's that's the lens I'm looking through, and how I'm focusing on myself. Mm. 
yeah, because then we can actually celebrate one another and the different places exactly. that we're at. Yeah, because not and, it's not a competition. That's right. And so that speaking of that, Romans twelve four through eight says, "For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another." having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And then it goes on explaining what some of those gifts are and how we use them. But that, I think that is the, uh, the baseline for, for this too, is that, hey, as, as fellow followers of Jesus, believers in Christ, we are one body. We are the body of Christ. And we have been given gifts to serve him and to serve one another. Mm-hmm. And so according to the grace of God, how he sees fit and, and, and wherever we're at in that journey. And, and that, that's what we trust in his almighty power and sovereignty and goodness. And, and then we say, okay, how, how can I be used by you, God? And how can I serve those around me? Cause we're all in this together. We're, we're united together in Christ for, for a, his greater purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, so to say, Oh, well, I want to be the, that the hand of you know the hand or the foot. Ah, I don't like I don't like my role. I don't like the, the gifts that, that God's given me. Well, then what are we saying there? We're comparing. Oh man, he's got more gifts than me, or he's got a better gift than, than me, or he's more important than me. We start playing that game. Yeah. Uh, we're we're missing it. We're not embracing what how God's designed us in relation to one another, and our he needs us, and other people need us to fulfill the gifts and the role and, and the part that we're at in our, in our own journeys, mm-hmm. our individual draft board. Yes. Yeah. And, and thankfully God uses us because it's not like God's sitting and man, I can't accomplish my will. Cause Luke's just not doing that right now. Like God's going to accomplish his will and he invites us into that, which is amazing. Right. And I, I want to talk about something you said earlier, the word gratitude. Mm. I think that's a huge key in this. And you said that earlier, but when we're filled with gratitude, it really makes no room for unhealthy comparison. And I, I, I want to read First uh, Timothy 6, verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. And then First Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's right. So with a proper understanding of, you know, I didn't bring anything into this world, and I'm not bringing anything out of it. But actually, everything I have should cause great gratitude in me. And Paul exhorts people in the New Testament, give thanks to God. Have gratitude. It's a command. Because it's through giving gratitude, we realize how small we are. We realize, man, I really have personally nothing to offer. Everything I have is from God. And then it causes us to realize, rather than comparing to what I have or what I do to someone else, I can have genuine gratitude that I have anything. That's right. Because God's chosen to mm. bless me with so much that we lose sight of when we compare to others. We lose sight of all that God has given us in addition to salvation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. I'll I'll make a confession so we can all kind of think about, all right, what areas of our life is, is comparison grabbing us? And I'll give you one silly one, one serious one, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. So every morning, I look out my window to my backyard, and I look to the left, I look to the right, and I go, I've got the worst lawn. 
My neighbors have awesome lawns. Their grass looks tremendous. It's well manicured. Mine is covered with weeds. I've, I've been working on it, but covered with weeds, holes, you know, spots that grass isn't coming in. And I, and I get discouraged. I start my, my day discouraged <laughs> by my lawn. The proper response would be, I am thankful to have a lawn. I am thankful that that lawn is flat. I'm thankful that <laughs> I've got two daughters that can run out there and play in the lawn. And, and so that, that's, a, that's a mind shift for me to start my day. And then for, for me leading unpacking it in this ministry, oftentimes I can compare where we're at to other ministries or compare to what I think we should be doing or we should be further along or, or this, and, I, and I'm comparing it to, I don't know, what, whatever that, that standard is versus accepting what God has done and praising God for what he has done through unpacking it and being filled with gratitude and contentment in the wonderful ministry that God continues to allow us to be a part of. Um, and so that's where I'm at. So uh, I'm, I'm, I could go on and on. There are other challenges, but, but it's just this. So I'm encouraged by this message today, this, this, this concept of my draft board versus your draft board and, and remaining focused on, on kind of what, what we're called to, what God has given us, and and so let, let's be thankful for whatever you know draft picks we've been given, and 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 make good choices uh, with those, and and then let let's trust God to really lead us as He provides us the wisdom, the strength, and the contentment that we need to keep our eyes from drifting with comparison to somebody else's draft board. So mm-hmm. uh, so Luke, great stuff from from you today. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the draft, and we'll most likely talk draft next week as well. Uh, so many layers to it. So, uh, so many layers. Well, I I do want it. to. Uh, I, I as you're saying that, I thought of uh, two things as well. Um, you said you're silly one with the lawn. <clears throat> it reminded me that every time I go play golf, I, I uh, when I'm chipping, which is always horrible, I'm playing with people who never practice their chipping as well, and yet they're able to chip phenomenally. I'm like, neither of us practice. Why are you better than me? Yep. That's yep. a silly defeated thing. And then I, another one I'm really, um, you know, thinking through right now recently is we just started a marriage mentorship with a couple in our church, uh, another couple and then a mentor couple. Uh, and we're talking about our hopes and our goals for this. And I, one of them for me is just to how to properly compare to other marriages, like battling potential insecurity on is our marriage going the right direction? Are we doing things well? Am I being a good husband compared to how, what the standard of a good husband is? So thinking through those questions on, I don't want to look at another, what another husband's doing that. Oh, he's so much better than me or I can't believe I'm not doing that. Mm. But think clearly and properly according to the Bible on what my role is how healthy our marriage is, that kind of stuff. So how can you be encouraged versus discouraged yes. by that, by that comparison? Yep. Build you up, make you stronger versus bring you down and, and discourage you. So, uh, yeah, great, great examples for sure. So if you get to play golf with me, you'll, you'll feel good. You'll compare yourself to my <laughs> game and you'll be all right. But, uh, but thanks so much to Luke. Thank you for listening. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. 
Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.